Peace and blessings, family. Reverend here. Hope all is blessed in your world. Welcome to Holy Algorithm. So yes, clearly I decided to go with um, the Holy Algorithm because one of the things that I'm present to is the idea that there's nothing in the world that's not spiritual. And I think if we are present, we become very clear that there is an internal barometer, an internal awareness, an internal consciousness that once activated, it um, sort of leads us in the right direction. And so with that, I want to welcome you to podcast number two. And uh, right now it's tentatively titled Gentrified Minds. And, uh, you know, spirit kind of went in on me and said, you know what, we've got to be a little bit more focused and intentional around what's happening in our world where people who are marginalized and in poverty or somehow dismissed by the mainstream are actually being pushed out. And so we talk about gentrification often and and many of us Um, chuckle at uh, what is happening Um, and some of us are serious that it's it's not it's not a good look however I think we have not uh, broken this phenomenon down in a spiritual way and so we often talk about gentrification and the impact but we don't look at the spiritual consequences of um, being a victim of gentrification. We also don't talk about the energy of a culture that participates in gentrification. So I think today what I'd like to look at is the intention and the impact, uh, the vibrational frequency, if you will, Because one of the things that I think, um, when you understand the history of gentrification, you also understand that it um, it is an energy that has a particular perspective. Um, It has an intention and it also um, has an objective, right? And so those of us who uh, live in a world where gentrification occurs uh, are impacted in a way that our own energy is often seduced um, by what I like to call the empire in a particular way, especially because of gentrification. Uh, That impact results in us being out of alignment it is deeper than 
um, your neighborhood is changing. It allows uh, the empire to keep us unfocused. It allows empire to skew us, um, kind of push out our uh, focus in a way because we are now uh, materially focused on our survival as opposed to being spiritually minded. So with that, let's talk a little bit about gentrification and why I'm going to drop a premise that it's not just our neighborhoods that are being gentrified, but our minds, our our spirits, if you will. So the first thing, you know, the history teacher in me, as well as the lawyer in me, wants to talk a little bit about the landed gentry. So landed gentry is this word that comes out of uh, British society. And so these gentry, and that's spelled G-E-N-T-R-Y, if you want to look it up, were people who owned the land. Um, and there was this theory that the landed gentry said, if we could create this system, we actually don't have to labor or work or develop because we are going to get our abundance, our wealth from rental income. So understand what that means is that I am, if I'm landed gentry, going to create a system of wealth because you folks renting from me are somehow uh, dependent on me and my land for your survival, right? So what I'm going to say is this coming out of the British system is a particular design and the design is really meant to create a haves and a have not culture. So this is gonna be the thing that is most disturbing is that if you say that you are creating a new culture, a new democracy, a new system, it is pretty shocking that you would allow gentrification to happen in this culture. Because if you think about it, it is actually the opposite of all humans creating uh, a dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's actually a continuation of a particular mindset, which is I, the landed gentry, am going to create a culture where you make me wealthy because of the design of the system, right? So there's some underlying values that go hand in hand with a system that is willing to do a dance called gentrification. And so that's what we're really going to talk about today, because it's not just this is happening in communities of color 
that folks are coming in and gentrifying. This is not just, oh, poor people once lived here and now it's been gentrified. It is not just, um, well, this once was a marginalized community without services and, ooh, look now, gentrification. There's something deeper spiritually in this idea of gentrification. It is really saying that there is a superior class and an inferior class. And it is the inferior class that becomes dependent on the superior class. And everything evolves out of this belief system of inferiority and superiority. So there's this idea that you have the creators of wealth and you have the laborers, right? And if you begin to look at this, you begin to see, oh, wait a second. We believe something about these gentrifiers. They are the ones that own. They are the ones that create. They are the ones that are worthy, right? That is why the services change when they come. What's available in terms of supermarkets and activities and garbage pickup, right? The people that were there before were not worthy of those services. And so what I thought we could delve into is um, how does this happen? Uh, what are the beliefs? Uh, what supports this ideology? And so the key thing that I am observing from a consciousness perspective is that gentrifiers believe that there are people that are not them that have minimal participation, right? They participate very little in the creation, development, and expansion of the empire. And so then for me, spiritually, I ask, how do we shift that? How do we transform that? Because in essence, the belief is you are meant to work. That is your rent. Um, you are meant to do whatever it takes to benefit the gentry. And that's what we have to transform. It's not just who's moving into your community. It's how are you being that you are then experiencing the impact of gentrification. And so um, I'm just gonna run through a few things so we're not here forever. So I think the first thing is that uh, there needs to be a greater financial awareness by all the folks that live in communities, right? There is not a, an awareness of how to build wealth, how to create and generate um, income building uh, methodologies, if you will. So we have to ask ourselves, how can we shift that paradigm? How do we teach generations how to uh, accumulate and uh, learn how to expand and transform their current financial situation so that they do not become victims of gentrification. The other thing that I was thinking about was this idea uh, by gentrifiers of what is valuable and what is precious, right? And so in other words, 
if we do not know what is valuable, we will not treat it accordingly. So, you know, I think about, you know, coming from New York, right? There was a time when these beautiful brownstones, whether it be in Bed-Stuy or Harlem, um, were not considered valuable by the community that was there. And of course we know that these are not um, isolated conditions, right? You're coming out of the crack epidemic. You're coming out of uh, unspoken redlining. Uh, You're coming out of uh, mortgage situations that were very damaging to the community. However, because we didn't have financial awareness or the ability to change and transform that situation, we ended up not seeing what was valuable. And so other communities came out and said, we value that um, and we'll take it over. Uh, The other thing that I also think that we have to begin looking at is a, a lack of awareness. And sadly, what we know is reading is at an all-time low. So, you know, that old adage, if you want folks to know something, put in a book, I think that applies um, cross-ethnically at this point, cross-culturally and cross-racially. People are not reading. Uh, Attention span is low. If it's not in a video, if it's not in a YouTube, if it's not on a live, if somebody is not um, breaking it down and explaining it to you verbally, most folks don't know uh, what's going on in the world. So we have to increase our cognitive and reading experiences. The other thing that I also think becomes important is we are food reliant on the gentrifiers. We have moved away from engaging in food growth, agricultural development. And I think it's beautiful, especially in urban communities, you see the beginning of urban gardens. And when I look around different communities, I'm seeing that this is often happening cross-ethnically and cross-culturally. So I think it's beautiful for us to once again, dig our hands in the dirt so that we are not food reliant. The other thing I think we have to look at is, um, you know, the transportation industries are run by those who we would call the gentrifiers, whether it's being um, the owners of um, vehicle manufacturing, um, whether it be um, those involved in high levels of transport. You know, I don't know of uh, many folks becoming involved in the development of transportation. And so we need to look at are there possibilities to own bus companies, uh, own train companies. Um, I just found out that uh, there's a couple of folks in the Caribbean and in Africa creating uh, airplane uh, lines. So I think that's beautiful. Uh, The other thing too is that, you know, gentrifiers are producers. They are marketers and everybody else becomes a consumer. And so there's there's a, a, a new mindset that folks need to 
uh, possibly consider, right, is to be less of a consumer and more of a producer and, um, you know, look at how you are moved by marketing, a.k.a. manipulation, if you do not receive um, the benefit of your participation, um, you may want to consider moving your dollars, right? Because if you are paying the gentrifiers to move into your communities, you are complicit, right? Uh, The other thing too, utilities. Gentrifiers um, have a different relationship with utilities. I am noticing in uh, affluent communities, uh, folks uh, getting into the solar and the renewable energies, and you see people investing in um, these different platforms, right? So they've got the expendable income to do that. So we are not, um, once again, going back to that financial awareness, right? We do not have the ability to invest in the development of renewable energy. I also think too, uh, those who we would call gentrifiers, right? Are also the ones who determine what your entertainment is. And so lovely things are changing over the last few years where you're seeing entertainment that is inclusive of diverse ethnicities and different people of color. However, let us be clear, if we cannot um, fund, market, distribute, own movie theaters, um, then once again, you know, we are at the whim of the gentrifiers to give us images, give us identity, give us uh, worldviews. So we, we need to look at how much we are participating in the creation of the narrative. Um, workforce, right? We that are not gentrifiers tend to be the labor force. We are not Uh, delving into the gifts of entrepreneurship and ownership and like I said production and so we need to look at the fact that we sort of become the spokes on the wheel instead of saying you know what I'm creating a new wheel Um, we are uh, at the whim right because if gentrifiers decide they want to lay us off they want to close down that business they want to restructure or they just want to treat us like we don't matter, we don't really have a lot of um, options and choices. You know, we are all 30 days from being homeless or at least unemployed if we run into the wrong supervisor, the wrong attitudes, um, and so we are powerless. And then education, you know, and it's interesting about education because there are some who, I would say even my own family, advocated education said that if you uh, got those numerous letters behind your name, it was the great equalizer. But once again, one of the things that we can see, right, is that if you are not part of the gentrification class, many of us have student loans that are unconscionable. And so even educating ourselves gets us more tied into the empire. And so once again, if you are from the gentrification class, all of these choices, whether it's the choice to read and become knowledgeable, um, 
whether it's being unable to uh, be part of renewable energy, invest in the new technologies. We are deeper and deeper and deeper in debt to the gentrifiers, right? And so really spiritually, where we are looking to go, I think, is that we need to heal those who gentrify and ask them to look at the impact of their choices and the impact of their movement. And then we need to look at those who have been gentrified consciously and say, how do we bring the tools of consciousness to a community such that they are aware that it's not just folks moving into your neighborhood, it is what has happened in your mind and in your spirit that allows you to believe that you are less worthy, allows you to believe that um, the only choice there is is to become heavily invested in empire. Um, what has happened that creative energy, creation energy that asks you to design and affirm your, um, your abilities, right? What happened to that? Why are you not um, willing to dig deep and say, oh, I can create this, or uh, why don't I try this, or let's imagine a garden, or let's gather together as community and learn and expand and build. Um, why is it that I'm okay just doing the nine to five? Why am I okay just living close to a paycheck? Why am I okay not seeking my abundance? Why am I okay, you know, with not creating generational wealth? And of course, uh, we know that a lot of this is trauma, intergenerational trauma. It is the um, being stuck in a consciousness that doesn't know how to um, be um, anything but in survival mode. And so when we look at gentrification, the key thing is it's not just the neighborhoods that are being gentrified. We as human beings are being gentrified. Our minds are being gentrified. We are losing the ability to step powerfully into our humanity because it is in our humanity that we create, that we design, that we love, that we build, that we want more for our children. And if those things are not happening and we are basically in survival mode, um, you know, I love to talk about the um, Erickson's hierarchy of needs. If we are staying at the base, right, the bottom, which is all about survival, we never get to those higher levels, right? And you know, I get it because that is the flip side, the trick of gentrification is that if you live in a, in a neighborhood that um, was deeply entrenched in poverty, 
and you know what it's like to have the garbage picked up once a week, if that, if you know what it's like to go to a supermarket where the meat was gray and green and there was no fresh vegetation and the bus came once every 26 minutes, you see the benefit of gentrification. You see the wonderful, you know, new supermarkets um, with options that you didn't even know existed. You see how the bus comes every six minutes. You see how the neighborhood is really clean. And you see how you got, you know, these different places where you can get any kind of coffee, tea, uh, shake, latte, things that you never ever experienced before. You know what it feels like to be safe now. You know what it's like when the, if the police are called or the fireman is called, like they get there within two and a half minutes. But deep down inside, you also know that it's not for you. It wasn't for you. You just get the trickle down. You get the crumbs. And so that does something to your spirit and your soul. And so this is why gentrified minds is really significant because we all need to not be okay with some people being more worthy than others, some people being more valuable than others, some people being more worthy of the good stuff in life, right? And so all of us need to de-gentrify our minds because then we'll be different when we become neighbors. We will care for each other. We will communicate with each other. We will build together. We will watch our children create a whole new world, right? And I would say, you know, I know that this podcast goes around the world, but at least for America, you know, this grand experiment wasn't supposed to repeat the broken parts, right? And there's a broken part that says, I am landed gentry and I don't have to do anything for my survival. I will have people become dependent on me and that's how I will make my wealth. That's not democratic. I would say that if we are truly spiritual beings having a human experience, that idea of using each other um, in those ways, I don't know if that's the most sacred, life-affirming, spiritually centered, conscious way to be with one another. So that's what I got. Um, Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Uh, If you are loving what you're hearing here, please share it with a friend and a friend's friend and a friend of a friend's friend. And um, yeah, let's build a community where we are really all present to that holy algorithm. So peace, love and light. And I will uh, get back at you real soon. Peace.